Welcome to the White Shield Podcast, the poor man's Warhammer 40,000 podcast. Uh, my name is Matt, and I recently managed to trick my co-worker and friend Dion into stepping into the bottomless money pit that is Warhammer 40,000, the tabletop war game. So I'm hoping to take him on a journey through all the grimdark and Byzantine nonsense that makes up this hobby, as I hope to show him all the wonderful and awful things it is I love about Warhammer. So open your paint pots, sit back, and get to work on that big pile of grey plastic I know you have sitting in front of you as we take him on this journey together. Okay, welcome back to the White Shield Podcast. Uh, I'm Matt, and I'm here with Dion today again, and uh, we're going to be talking about the Imperial Truth and the Imperial Cult, and I'm really excited to get into this episode, because um, as anyone who plays me knows, I play Templar, I play Sisters, I play Deathcore, I love any of the <laughs> factions that are zealous, frothing-at-the-mouth nutcases. And the Imperial Cult's all about that, so I'm excited for this episode. Um, what, uh, we're going to go with Dion Explains. Again. Dion Explains. Dion yeah. will not explain a lot because Dion's know nothing. You know nothing about the Imperial Cult or Truth? No. Do you know what the, Imper- do you know what the difference is? Not even. Do you know what the Imperial Cult is? No. Can you take a guess? Well, if I just go by names, Imperial Cult is a cult to the Imperium. You know nothing about that, eh? No. Do you know? Because I know you know the lore for uh, Ultramarines, hopefully. Because I hope I wasn't just talking aimlessly in that two-hour episode. But um, <laughs> you know Ultramarines, obviously, a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know Grey Knights, a yeah, bit. A bit. Yeah. Uh, do you know anything about Inquisition? Because Grey Knights are Inquisition. Do you know anything about that? Or Inquisition, I know. They're well. They kind of act like the Inquisition, like. Back in medieval times? Yeah, they're like, like a mix of like the Roman Spanish Inquisition or and the Gestapo. Like, like the Gestapo mixed with the Spanish Inquisition. They're like if something it's against the law or something or like sort the, of you got not, not the law, but like some They they are there about to about the war they come in and they investigate and closer. Then they, and then they're like, Oh well you're uh, now you're not doing a call, but like it might, you might be doing things with the warp, so we're jailing you or whatever. Or so yeah, that's so the Ordo Malleus deal with uh, warp shenanigans and demons, and the Ordo Malleus are the guys that are tat. I don't think they control, but they're the chamber militant of them are the Grey Knights, which deal with demons. Yeah, but the Inquisition is actually far more reaching than that. They have um, there's three main Ordo Ordos that you play as on the tabletop, and there's like hundreds of subordos that go everything from like they concern themselves with big picture images to weird esoteric problems like time travel mm-hmm. to like are you paying your taxes like they cover everything oh. uh, but we're not talking about the inquisition today uh i was just asking you because they're kind of connected um we're talking about the imperial cult and the imperial truth the reason i was asking about them you know about the Grey Knights, you know about the Marines, mm-hmm. uh, but I guess like you don't know much about the ecclesiarchy or like the church in forty mm. k, do you? No. Okay, so but you know there's obviously a lot of religious themes in forty k. You yes. can't look at any of the artwork without assuming that. <laughs> yeah. Um. So you don't know any like anything. You have no knowledge at all about the forty k religion system, eh? Nah, uh, religion. No, no, no religion system. No. Cool. It's uh, like I said. I just. We you spoke about 40k a lot at yeah, work. Yeah. 
Like and just, then I, like I said, I just started in September-ish, so... True. I picked a few things that I read through, but I just... I find that... Where to start when you want to start reading? There's that's so true. Many, there's so many stuff. I, I picked... At first, I wanted to play Grey Knights. So I was like, I'm going to read up a bit on Grey Knights, and then, oh, Ultramarines. I read up a bit on Ultramarines, but like Inquisition, and then there's like the uh, Salamanders, and there's uh, Elders, there's so many <laughs> specific stories for all of the chapters or factions, whatever, it's like, it's never ending, it's never ending. <laughs> and that is why we're here. That and that's is why, why we're, we're doing this. Yeah. So, players like you have a pedantic but cheap source of information <laughs> on what the fuck is happening in the world of 40k i find it a little surprising though that you don't know anything by your own words uh to do with the religious side of 40k because it's so prevalent like you can't look at any 40k image that's about imperial stuff without seeing churches and angels oh yeah and, i see some reference like your black templars with like yeah, the chains yeah. and the crosses and um which is interesting I, it, the, like the I mean systems fair enough though because the, the space marines are separate from it it is different but it's just uh, it's interesting to me because it's so pervasive and it's so it's so embodied in everything in 40k that it, it didn't ever occur to me that like you can actually somehow avoid learning any of it um oh, i guess you can covering the topic today the imperial truth and the imperial cult uh because understanding what the imperial truth is and what the imperial cult is and how they're different from one another is central to understanding the why of everything else huh. in 40k like you're talking horus heresy you're talking about the current state of affairs in the 41st millennium. You're talking yeah. about the reason the Death Corps decide to get out of their trenches and kill a man with a shovel. You're talking about why somebody might lay an entire planet to death. It all comes back to what is the Imperial cult? What is the Imperial truth? And how are they different? Um, you keep talking about uh, last time we were hanging out, the Adeptus Mechanicus. Yep. You can't, you can't talk about them without talking about the imperial cult like it's it's everywhere you need to understand what this shit is uh i don't want to do every episode starting with a quote because there's a lot there's other better podcasts that do that and i don't want to emulate better podcasts we're here for when you're done listening to the better podcast to come to us. We want to like the poor version. Yeah, we're the poor man's version, so you get the poor man's podcast. But I, I kind of need to start with this quote. Uh, this is by a uh, character in the lore. You can play as this guy, too. His name is Fabulous Bill, and he is the chief pediatrician of the Imperial Kids. Um, the quote is, Unlike you, whelp, I once walked the same ground as your idol. I breathe the same air as him, and I tell you this, without lie or artifice, he never wanted to become what you made him. He did not wish to be your god thing. He abhorred such ideals. The slavery of your crippled, blind Imperium would sicken him if he had the eyes to see it. Hmm. What do you think that's about? I think the fact is the uh, god emperor is on his throne, and he's just basically... In his, not dead, but in his, he's doing nothing. He's just yeah. being he's alive on the train. He's having a big sleep on the on the throne and making sure his thing is still going. His yeah. throne, your golden throne, is still going. Yeah, that's exactly what it's about. And uh, that that one quote is really important because the key difference between the imperial truth and the imperial cult is imperial truth was pre Horus Heresy, and the imperial mm. cult 
is what resulted from the Horus Heresy when the Emperor was no longer around hmm. to burn down Marnarchias when people tried to do God stuff with him. So the first one is about when the God Emperor was still going around yes. alive, and the second one is about the God Emperor being strong, doing nothing. Exactly. Well, not doing nothing, but just being on the throne. Yeah. Keep trying to be kept alive. Having a big sleep. Well, yeah, we no. say he's just up there doing nothing. He's using every ounce of his mental ability to keep the Imperium whole and also eating a lot of yeah. sacred people. But um, He's been in better shape. Yeah, he's been in better shape. I mean, he's got <laughs> one arm, one eyeball, his skin's all gone, his muscles are all gone, his hair's white. I don't know if you've seen pictures of the Emperor, but was like, this, uh... he was a handsome lad, and now he's oh, anything but. Like, I've he... seen the picture, uh, not before, but afterwards. Just like, oh, yeah, the almost... new ones? Not the new one, but... Uh, like, like what he, he looks like the, now. Yeah. Yeah, he looks like Yzma from uh, Emperor's New Groove. I don't know. I like, think it was like a skeleton on the throne. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever watch Emperor's New Groove with the llama? No. David Spade? No. You never... How do you not watch Emperor's New Groove? The, no. About the guy who turns into a llama? Anyway, there's a purple chick named Yzma, and she looks almost exactly like the god emperor looks now. <laughs> okay. um, but he used to be a pretty, a pretty good-looking fella. Probably. And, uh... Yeah, they, they they ruined him. Horus just really wrecked that. <laughs> he wasn't the prettiest looking guy in the Imperium, but he was up there. He was like top three or four. Um, so the big thing is the Imperial cult and the Imperial truth are in some ways the same thing, but in many, many ways they're entirely different from each other. Uh, as I said, the Imperial truth was pre-heresy. Mm -hmm. It was the system that the Emperor devised through which the Imperium was like governed yeah. it was it was how they created their laws how they created their moral systems and how they were applying them yeah how they how they uh what's the word i'm looking for like justified what they were doing mm. it was religion without religion it was just the it was just the the dry lesson parts of religion without the fun story part of religion um like all the you know kid murder and whatever else happens in the bible um <laughs> the key thing though the really really important part of uh the imperial truth was it forbade the existence like it, it disallowed any form of organized religion or spiritual belief um that's why Lorgar was not well uh, that's why well. that's why Lorgar got in trouble all the time and had to get spanked uh he was building cities he, of worshippers yeah the emperor's like hey guys i'm not your god and he's like god dad look what i did for you i built this city uh, for you for you where they think you're a god and guess what it's on every planet i've been to and so yeah like we make it sound like the emperor was like a really bad dad because like effectively lorgar was like hey dad i made this this birdhouse and he's like i told you birds are bad and he fucking breaks the birdhouse but it's not like it's it's more like the emperor's like the only birds around here are fucking condors and they keep eating neighborhood children and you keep building fucking birdhouses to house these fucking condors and i keep telling you don't and then monarchia was him building the thousandth birdhouse and the <laughs> emperor just lost his goddamn mind and bent lorgar over his knee and just started fucking going to town on him <laughs> so it's not like like it was it was like the last straw it was like a long time uh, yeah enough um <laughs> Where the fuck was I? It made me lose my notes there. Uh, it was in so the, the the truth, the imperial truth, entirely atheistic. Yeah, did did not allow religious worship. Yeah, 
Um, whereas the imperial cult is the religious doctrine that the current imperium is ruled through, where they've deified the emperor and made him into a god, and they mm-hmm. worship him as a god. Uh, and it's it, it came about kind of slightly before, a little bit during, but largely after the Horus heresy. Um, to a lesser extent, it it deifies the Primarchs as well. Like yeah, the, the big thing, not demigods, because they're like the sons. Yeah, I don't. I don't think of... anywhere. Like everybody always says demigods. I say demigods. I don't think anywhere it actually says that. I don't think any anywhere in the lore it actually says they're demigods. But they see the emperor as a as god, god, and they're like the Primarchs were his children. And so, then they see a lot of them see the space marines as angels. Like they're the that's why they're called the angels of yeah. death. It's because that's what they see them as. So, um, it, it's used also to turn a lot of imperial heroes into saints mm. to help justify war. Right? Um, how they're similar though, uh, they both are uh, the key to both concepts. Like very central to both concepts is the idea of manifest destiny. Do you know what I mean by manifest destiny? So the Americans used to think, like back in the like eighteen hundreds, manifest destiny is the idea that it is your your right, like your God given right to inherit every piece of land, right? Uh. So central to both the imperial truth and the imperial cult, they believe that it's mankind's manifest destiny to conquer the galaxy and rule it. Yeah, they okay, also yeah, yeah. both believe. That any other species that's not human is unfit to live, so they <laughs> they they do not allow like both the truth and the cult do not allow aliens, and both the truth and the cult don't allow artificial intelligence of any kind to exist. Huh. The artificial intelligence thing, we'll probably get more into in its own episode. It's just a little bit in this. You just need to know artificial intelligence isn't allowed. It's because they had a war against a faction called the Men of Iron that were basically all the Hoover vacuums and refrigerators rose up and fought back. It was <laughs> basically they had artificial intelligence and then the typical Blade Runner thing happened and the artificial yeah. intelligence got angry about being subservient. Um, uh, but apparently they were like frighteningly intelligent and frighteningly powerful. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, I think you can actually get a model for them because um, they released a board game called what the hell was it? it was Blackstone Fortress I think it was and it was like a standalone Warhammer forty thousand. Um, yeah, it's in the box. Yeah. Like it was a uh, it's kind of like an RPG not not D and D but it was like a self contained RPG game type yeah. thing. And it came with models, and you can actually play those models in 40k, and they're all awful. Like I don't know, they're oh, they're okay. hard to find for one because you could only get them in that set, um, and none of them are good. But they do have rules for 40k. Yeah, oh. you know, I've got one or two of them. Um, but in that set, you could get a, a man of iron. Um, so they are one or two of them still kicking around, but like they're hiding way the hell out in the darkness because they don't want to come out because they'll get killed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but that's not important to any of this. Um. Basically, just imperial truth, imperial cult. They think they have the right to rule the galaxy. They think they have the right to kill all aliens, and they don't like robots of any kind. No. Which is why you hear about like machine spirits and shit, because um, that's their little like oh, asterisks. No. <laughs> like no artificial intelligence. Asterisks. Read the fine print. They're machine w- spirits are okay. They're way of dealing with it. Yeah. <laughs> We're not going to get into what a machine spirit is or anything because it's far too complex for me to discuss right now. We're going to start by talking about the imperial truth. 
So the emperor came up with the idea of the imperial truth like long, 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 long before anything in the current setting. Like I, I don't think there's actually a, a, a timeline for it. It's just like from the moment the emperor was born, for lack of better words, um, he he knew what what was happening. He yeah. knew what the future was, and he had a plan from the get go of how to get there and what it required. Um, in in his own words, though. And there's actually a cool book that I think this this line is out of. This is a little quote from the Emperor of Mankind. And I think there's a it's a short story called The Last Church. That's a really cool story. It's set during the Unification Wars, where the Emperor's walking around on like I think he's in like Antarctica or something with the Thunder Warriors, and it's like the last church of mankind is built there, and he's united the whole planet, and he's like at the last church, and the priest of the last church is out front, and he's like, please don't destroy it, and the Emperor's like, I'm sorry, bro, like, I gotta... And it's just a little dialogue between the two as he's tearing the church down and about to kill the priest, and the priest is like, okay, that's fair. um, I I just remember the priest being, like, very stoic about it. I I read it, and I... I I guess at this point, you saw what... What happened all across the world was like, yeah, whatever. Okay, this isn't like this isn't like normal church times now. This is like Mad Max future. Like, (laughs) it's bad times. But uh, there's a quote by the emperor that best describes it. Uh, He said, "Mankind would not be free until the last stone from the last church was cast down onto the head of the last priest." So basically, kill them all and let God sort him out was his idea. Well, kill them all and let the warp sort him. Um, <laughs> very important to the imperial truth, to though, to understanding why it was atheistic. Nobody knew about the chaos gods except the emperor. He knew about the chaos gods. Oh. He didn't fully understand them, but he knew they were there. He knew they were malevolent. Mistakenly, he thought, well, this isn't really mistakenly, but I think he kind of got the idea a little wrong. He thought he could starve them by outlawing belief because he thought oh, all belief we're gonna feed any him. kind would feed a chaos god so he's like if no one believes in anything they, they starve starving. yeah yeah for somebody who's supposed to be all-knowing and all wise you think he'd be able to figure out like people don't like being controlled like that maybe they're gonna rebel maybe lorgar is gonna build another fucking birdhouse for those <laughs> condors but i don't know um but that was the key thing is he thought he could starve the chaos gods, yeah. but he didn't want to tell anybody about the chaos gods. Cause one, he was afraid that would lead people to openly worship them. And then people would start. Yeah. And then maybe... people would panic as well. Like a big thing too, in 40 K is like 99% of people don't know what a tyrannid is. They don't know the Necrons exist. They don't, they really don't, don't. know there's demons. And they're not, uh, I, yeah. All right. <clears throat> and on every planet is, they're not all at the same stages. Yeah. Some are like medieval uh, farmers. Some yeah. are more art, more uh, I, I like high tech, if you can say. Even in those high tech cities, like for instance, gene stealer cults are a big problem in 40k. They live in a lot of the more developed places because there's so many billions of people crammed into one spot. If you're some factory worker and you're not a gene stealer, but everyone else in your factory is a gene stealer. You, you wouldn't know that. They're not going to tell you that, like, my wife lays eggs, and that's why we're all purple. But, like, they're <laughs> not going to openly tell you that. You're just going to think, like, I, I work with these weird, bald, albino men who are kind of slimy looking. But, like, that's normal because we live on, like, the 4,000th sub-level yeah. of a hive city. And 
my great-great-grandfather once told me a story about how his great-great-grandfather saw the sun one time. Like, they've never seen daylight, right? So you just think they're weird. But if you knew they were gene stealers, if you knew that all these weird dregs of society that you surrounded yourself with were actually bug men from space that were fixing to eat you the minute you laid your fucking defenses down, are you going to go to work? (laughs) Are you yeah. are you gonna keep making buttons? Like no, you're you're no. not going to work anymore, right? So I think that's a big part of it is the it's not so much part of it is the knowledge just doesn't get spread because like you're going to create a chaos and anarchy. Yeah, half the people don't speak the same language as the other half of the Imperium. But the other part is they don't like the Inquisition and the government. They're like, no, don't don't tell them these things exist because <laughs> they're gonna stop working. Um, uh, where were we on that? I keep losing track. Um, yeah, so he, he knew that if people knew, it caused more problems. So he's like, mm-hmm. nobody gets to know about chaos but me. Prior to the Great Crusade beginning, which was uh, the Emperor Leaves Earth mm-hmm. with the Space Marines, yeah. he set about unifying Terra, right? In the yeah. Unification Wars. He brought all the people together. Yeah. During this time, he made a point of purging all religion. He destroyed all religion on Earth. Yeah wiped out all cultures he just made one mono culture that believed in science as the only way forward science is the only way yeah. forward no ifs and no ifs ands or buts his ideas were that through science and science alone mankind would meet its destiny as the rulers of the galaxy yeah. right um after unification he started or and he set out on the great crusade he started ordering that this idea be spread as much as possible to any to all not any to all worlds where humans were this idea had to be spread they everybody had to abide by this imperial truth and they did try to do that peacefully like if they showed up to like some planet where like i said in the ultramarines episode they're worshiping painted rocks or something and their technological level is like up to a sharpened stick and that's all they figured out if a ship showed up there and they're like hey we can give you electricity but you gotta sub cut this mumbo jumbo out and strip the paint off that rock right they'd probably listen but if they showed up to a society that was like doing okay and was super religious and the society was like no we're not doing it he'd usually just be like blow the planet up keep going don't listen to them don't deal with them they're not worth keeping right um there were a few like i mentioned the uh lunar war the the pacification of luna where he didn't blow it up because he wanted what was there but like most of the time it was like deal with it peacefully if you can't wipe them out and then take what they have um most places though uh they're Most places would resist a little bit, but the resistance was, like, very, very seldom a problem. The biggest threat to the Imperial Truth, what do you think the largest threat to the Imperial Truth was? The single biggest problem. Erebus. Well, yeah, Lorgar. The the biggest threat to the Imperial Truth was Biggie meeting his son Lorgar on Colchis. Yeah, because he was doing the exact opposite that it was told to do exactly as we were just talking about in the last episode Lorgar was the chief prophet or chief uh, apostle i don't know what you call him he was the head mama jama on cultures running the religion okay uh emperor showed up basically Lorgar's sitting there i keep saying this Lorgar's sitting there being like i have visions there's only one god i wonder who this god is he's gonna come save us and then a starship with a golden man and an army of angels came out of the sky and was like, Lorgar, you're my son, and brought him along with the one caveat. 
that you don't build any goddamn birdhouses. <laughs> Lorgar's like bringing all his birdhouse supplies with him onto the ship, and he's like, maybe I can hide him. Dad won't know. <laughs> so that that's why Lorgar fought this so much, is because he keep, he kept having dreams that the Emperor would show up, and the Emperor showed up, right? Um, just confirm his, uh, his crazy belief. It, yeah, and it's thought that those dreams were like how Horus had the dream about the emperor on the yeah, yeah the gods were giving lorgar dreams about there's one god coming for you buddy and he's just there for you <laughs> right so that's why he he corrupted but um he meets biggie he's convinced himself biggie's a god uh another key thing though is where the emperor was like science is the way and we're going to unite humanity Lorgar, and rightfully so, sort of, believed religion was a better way of uniting people. And I can you can get why he would say that. Even if he's not religious, like, you can get why he would believe that's the best way to keep people together. But he didn't know about the dangers of chaos that the Emperor was aware of. Mm-hmm. which is And the Emperor could have like literally just had a five-minute conversation and sat him down and been like, Look, champ, I, I know... I know you like birdhouses. Yeah, I know you're good at building birdhouses, but you don't understand how dangerous condors are. Like, <laughs> there used to be 30 kids on this street. Now there's five. <laughs> the condors ate them. <laughs> but he could have just taken five minutes to, like, get all the Primarchs together and be like, guys, hey. there's chaos gods. That's why I keep telling Lorgar to stop. That's why we you, you need to just trust me. But the biggest, like, we'll talk about this, I think, in the Horus Heresy, but the biggest problem with the pre-heresy Imperium of Man was the Emperor not talking. Like, honestly... He kept everything to himself. (laughs) I I say Erebus was the one thing that caused the Horus Heresy. Bad communication is the one thing that caused the Horus Heresy because there's so much shit that happened where you're like, if he had just told somebody, if he just had a psychiatrist that once a week he'd go sit on a couch and be like, yeah, I just don't know, man. <laughs> this kid keeps bringing me fucking birdhouses. <laughs> Condors are eating my dogs and my cats. Like, <laughs> But if he just talked to someone, maybe none of the horse heresy would happen. But that's neither here nor there. No, he just preferred to just destroy everything. Yeah, he, he his idea was... I, didn't, I don't want to ruin it, so I won't say why. There is a reason he didn't tell anybody anything. He was all the emperor was always playing the long con. He always had the end goal in view, and he was very hopeful. Where he's like, he he's like, I'm doing everything for humanity, and I'm doing everything to bring humanity to its rightful place in the stars. Because the emperor loved humans, he had no care for the individual. He thought everything, everyone was disposable and expendable. If it meant getting to the end goal. Hmm. The Thunder Warriors are no more. Yeah, The Primarchs were going to be replaced. The Marines were going to be replaced. Everything is replaceable to him, right? So I think that's part of why he didn't let anybody in on anything. Because, and we'll talk about that more in the Primarch episode. We'll talk about that more in the Abhuman episode and the Space Marine episode. But he everything was replaceable to him and that's kind of why he didn't tell anybody anything because you were a rebel and uh... yeah you you know what you need to know and that's all you're getting right um lorgar meets the emperor thinks he's a god lorgar pens a book called i always mispronounce this the lacticio divinatus it's a bible he wrote a bible all right so essentially a holy book that recognized the emperor as the only true god of humanity 
Now, after being told there's no God. After being told there's no God. He's, <laughs> don't build birdhouses. He's like, well, I'm going to write a book that tells other people how to build birdhouses <laughs> and how to house them for condors. <laughs> but he, he, built, he, he built this book. He wrote this book. And uh, remember I mentioned the uh, warrior lodges? Yeah. Yeah, so I imagine it happened something along the lines of this. The god emperor goes to Lorgar's house one day, and he's like, hey, Lorgar, my boy, what are you doing? And he's like... Not again. He's like, look what I've done for you, dad. And he takes him to the city, and he's like, I built this palatial city. They think you're a god. And he's like... Oh. Lorgar, I'd really like it if you didn't, you're grounded. And he doesn't say thank you. And he leaves. And then Lorgar goes back to his room and he's like his head in his hands and he's like just shaking his head. And he's like, and why, he's like, why doesn't my dad thank me for any of the hard work I do? Why doesn't my dad like me? And Erebus walks by the room and sees this and he goes up and puts an arm on him. And he's like, Hey, Lorgar, I know it, why are you so sad? And he's like, I don't know, man. I think God's like a dad, or I think dad's like a god, you know, and he just doesn't want to be, and he doesn't thank me, and he doesn't talk to me. And so Erebus is like, well, walk me through it. Why do you think dad's a god? And he's like, I think dad's a god because he's just really awesome. And Erebus is like, that's a good point. And then Erebus and other like-minded folk go to the warrior lodges, and they're like, have you thought about maybe how dad's a god? And the other like-minded folk in the Warrior Lodge is like, Dad could be a god. And then they go back to their legions, and they're like, I was talking to this guy at lunch the other day in the secret lodge, and he was saying Dad's a god. And they'd be like, that's a good point. And it, that's why it spread. So even as the Emperor's going around shutting this shit down, even if Lorgard did stop, the ideas spread. And someone, I don't know who or how, but somebody Xeroxed this Lacticio Div Divinatus and spread that too. So now, <laughs> now this book that is saying, hey, uh, dad might be a god is now spreading through the Imperium like wildfire. And the big problem is like the Primarchs themselves, I think, were largely cut out of the Warrior Lodges. Like I don't know how involved they were. It was more like their captains and stuff were in those. Yeah. The Primarchs were always kind of hanging around the Emperor enough that you couldn't really get them on board with this idea. And most of the higher echelons. But you got to keep in mind, the Legions were huge. And the Starfleets that they belonged to were not all Space Marines. They were humans, and humans are very corruptible and very persuasive, or very easily persuaded. And those are huge. And these Starships are so massive that, like... It's not just naval personnel. There's like whole floors where it's just indentured servants who have never seen dirt in their life because they've spent their whole life on board a starship, right? Yeah, yeah. So they have nothing to live for, and all of a sudden somebody comes down to them. Like, there's this thing called a god, and it loves you. Of course they're going to listen. They don't know yeah. what daylight is. They're going to listen to anything you tell them. Someone loves me? Yes. Yeah, so they're just happy. <laughs> they're just happy that they're being told when you die, you might go somewhere that's nicer than this, right? <laughs> so that's why it spread, is it didn't necessarily spread so much through the Marines. It was through the Imperial Army, and it was through the Imperial Navy. And then the ships that weren't necessarily hanging out with the Emperor all the time, whole starship might convert to this belief. Because all it takes is that book on there once. One influential guy who's never actually met the Emperor gets that book. He's never been told, don't build birdhouses. So now the whole ship is building birdhouses. And they wind up on some planet that for the last 6,000 years has worshipped painted rocks. 
and they get talking to the local rock painters, and the local rock painters are like, hey, that goddad guy in your book might be the painted rock over here. And then the religion spreads. Mm-hmm. So that that's why it spreads. It's, it's, it's just kind of spreading its tendrils into the dregs of society and, and going to these very tribal worlds. So despite the emperor's best efforts, the religion was spreading, even during the imperial truth era. Um, the Horus Heresy was still spreading quite a bit, but like basically after the events of the Horus Heresy, it went from like kind of a steady crawl to boom and went way the hell up. The the amount of people that believed in this shit because now the emperor was not there to actively say no to it, right? Yeah. Um, they kind of coexisted for about a thousand years after the Horus Heresy, where the Imperial Truth was still a little bit there. Because yes, people that was from before kind of knew, well, just like your first quote. Yeah. That, that knew the God Emperor from the, well, the God Emperor, the Empress from before, and you got the guy that's are the newer generation, who can't say, <coughs> coexisting. Well, that's a really cool thing, too, with Gilliman waking up, is how I mentioned well. in that episode, he wakes yeah. up and he's like, what the fuck? Have you done? What do you mean he's a god? He's not a god. I knew the dude. He's just a guy. Like, that's why. It's because Gilliman was there, and he knew what happened at Monarchia, because he fucking did what happened at Monarchia. (laughs) And he's like, like, you're telling me I killed all those people in that city, and this motherfucker's now a god. (laughs) What the hell happened at Monarchia, then? Um, I'm going back to sleep. uh, They kind of coexisted a little bit for about a thousand years as the imperial truth eroded and became the cult right uh but that's that's the imperial truth in whole it's basically an atheistic belief where science is the way and lorgar was picking away at it from the minute he met the emperor um the imperial cult now is what we're going to go on about so the imperial cult was already starting to form kind of during ish the horus heresy but the efforts of lorgar and the word bears really spiked that right the fuck up, right? Um, following the Horus Heresy for roughly a thousand years, the Imperial Truth and what would become the Imperial Cult, as I said, they existed together because science was and hope, which is what the truth was about, turned into fear and superstition. And that's what the cult's about. Um, shortly after the Horus Heresy, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about like within a human lifetime after the Horus Heresy, uh, a cult arose called the temple of the savior emperor and going forward just so i don't have to say that mouthful we're just going to call that the temple so the temple of the savior emperor here henceforth known as the temple uh rose to prominence this cult was openly openly worshiping the emperor as a god like immediately after the horus heresy and they thought he was immortal and and omnipotent um Mm. so basically like christian god Yeah, yeah um the Astartes, like the Space Marines, they largely rejected the belief, um, but because of the instability caused by the Horus Heresy and how much like destruction had happened and like the the amount of stuff they had to rebuild, plus the sheer number of people that were slowly joining this Temple of the Savior Emperor, they didn't really do anything. They were like, "Yeah, we know that he didn't want that, but there's not like much we can we do we now. just fought a massive fucking war over this, and we're not doing it again." Yeah. <laughs> right? Um, the the Horus Heresy brought out a lot of stuff that was unknown to people, like chaos and demons. Right? Um, so the horrors and like darkness that's like hidden in the hidden in the background all of a sudden became 
realized by the Imperium. Like the, the just and I'm talking just the normal like janitors and cooks, uh, the everyday people all of a sudden realize it is a No they were aware that it is those things were existing. Dark and unforgiving reality. <laughs> um so So me mopping the floor now is not that bad. Yeah, so that <laughs> that that fear that all of a sudden was now real because of the horse heresy, that really helped this cult grow. Because people were like, we need something to give us hope. Then the God prevent the, In, the Emperor God prevented that yeah, yeah. happening to us. So it's like, oh, yeah, worship yeah, God. Like the, the the God Emperor was a thing that stopped, the whole, like yeah. prevented all that shit from happening previously. And then they challenged him, and that happened, right? So, in a search for hope, they started kind of falling into this. There were a lot of other cults. The uh, Temple of the Savior Emperor was not the only one that worshipped the Emperor, but it was the largest and fastest growing because it was based on Terra, like its mm. its chief church or whatever, was on Earth. So that okay. right there gave it significance. And it was founded by an Imperial Army officer who had served at the Battle of Terra. Like he was on oh, Terra man. fighting alongside presumably the Emperor. And now he's formed a religion, and people are like, he seems to know what's up. Like his he was, background is, uh, yeah, you got a good background. Yeah, you that, him. that'd be like, I was gonna say that'd be like a guy next, like who was Jesus's buddy, making Christianity. Like, of course you're gonna listen to him. He was there, like, right? Um, really, like, not necessary to talk about this, but it's just worth mentioning. Uh, that emperor or that that soldier uh, that formed the, the the temple. The temple, yeah. He had a ridiculous name. It was, it's, it's hard to even pronounce this. It was Fadidicus, but it's spelt Fat Idicus. Like Fat Dick. So I like to say his actual name was Old Johnny Thick Dick. But, um, so yeah, Fat Dick Fadidicus was the guy who made that. I don't know why they keep, they give a lot of these guys really dumb fucking names, and I have no idea, like, what's prompting. They're like, yeah, but if. All of history to pick a name from, and they're like Fat Dick. That's Fat Dick's the guy. He's the guy that did this. No, no they're like Fat Dick, but ah, that's too. That's too obvious. Let's like Fadidicus. <laughs> Romanize it a bit. It sounds like it sounds like a Monty Python character. Like I, I actually, I'm probably wrong, but in Life of Brian, there's a centurion that had a name like that. There was, there was like, there's a Roman centurion that had a name, and his name was something Dick. Yeah. It's like Skinny Dick or Fat Dick or. Like that, yeah. You're gonna Google it. Yeah. I, I would not be shocked if Games Workshop. Uh, Get inspiration. Inspiration. Full, full on stole that from Monty Python because it wouldn't be the first time. Uh, Monty Python. Life of Brian. Life of Brian's and. Tyrion. Biggest dickus. Oh, yeah. yeah when, so, when he's inside with the, the emperors or whoever. Yeah, it's, yeah. When everyone starts laughing. It's like, don't laugh. Yeah, biggest dickus. So fattest <laughs> dickus. I wouldn't be shocked because, like, the, I keep saying the, the Black Templar have a weapon called the Holy Orb of Antioch, which is the Holy Hand grenade. grenade. Like, the model is literally the Holy Grail model. Anyway, so Fat Dick made the Temple of the Savior Emperor. It wasn't the only cult, but it was the most prominent, fastest growing because everybody was like, Dude's got a thick dick. Like we're gonna listen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's that's some big dick energy there. Um, hence the name. Uh, it, the temple really quickly gained popularity because, aside from like offering the sense of hope in this incredibly scary reality that people found themselves in, uh, it continued 
the messages from the Imperial Truth that humans were guaranteed to take the whole galaxy yeah. and rule it, and destiny, also yeah. aliens still need to be murdered. And people were like, you know what gets my mind off the terrible war that just happened? Murdering aliens. Oh, yeah. More terrible. And that every, everything is rightful... Rightfully ours. Yeah, and the, those those thoughts, this concept of like let's unite and murder people, and also try and take the galaxy back, caused some much needed stability in this very fragmented world that the Horus Heresy created. Because like everything was in disarray, right? Um, anyone who resisted the messages of the Temple of the Savior Emperor were usually quickly and harshly dealt with, not necessarily by imperial legal authorities, but by mobs that were like, this is the way. <laughs> you stop resisting. Yeah. Or, uh, basically, for, have a bad time. basically for something like a thousand years, the Imperium was largely controlled by disorganized mobs. Of, by gangsters. <laughs> not even gangsters, more like... Uh, Again, Monty Python. You remember the bit where they're walking with the planks of wood? And like, I am a da, 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 whack. Like the, the monks? Yeah. And yeah. That. Picture that. Those are the guys running the Imperium. <laughs> Except for there's actually models for people like this, like redemptionists and stuff. They're wearing like hats that are made of fire. Like they're literally wearing like torches on their heads. <laughs> and they're just like picture the most upside down medieval mob you could think of like pitchforks and and that's them yeah that's them and they're like <laughs> it's you're like you know i'm i'm not sure about this truth or temple of the savior emperor thing they hear a knock at the door and it's the entire village there to kill you <laughs> nobody <laughs> told them to do it it's just somebody heard you saying that and they're that you're like, unsure like oh yeah and uh, go deal with him and the, the rest of the imperium is too busy at this time trying to th- rebuild Rebuild shit to notice that everybody's crucifying each other (laughs) um by the point of the 32nd millennium so basically horus heresy is the 31st millennium thousand years past 32nd millennium by the time of the 32nd millennium the temple of the savior emperor had rose to dominate the minds of all imperial citizens outside of the space marines the Space Marines have their own thing going on. They have their own beliefs. They don't really listen to this shit. But everybody Everything else, else yeah. was part of this cult by the time of the 32nd millennium. It took a thousand wow. years, but it was basically the only way to be. Um, it had variations, and I think I'll get into that in a minute. But pretty much everybody was part of this cult. Um, during the 32nd millennium, so the following thousand years, it officially became the one and only state religion. So the Imperium recognized it now they were like yep the, yeah, you, you have to work you have to be part of this religion right um it was incorporated into the government they renamed it from the temple of the savior emperor to the adeptus ministorum otherwise i think it's known as the ecclesiarchy but it became the adeptus ministorum and uh it was given a place within the adeptus terra which is the uh basically the adeptus terra is the imperial government yeah. And the Adeptus Terra has branches. The Adeptus Administratum, Adeptus Mechanicus, Adeptus Astartes, uh, right? Yeah. It became the Adeptus Ministorum, and it was given a place in government. So huh. now, the angry mobs that were killing people for not listening to it, now they're state-sanctioned angry mobs. <laughs> now, they're, now that's the police yeah. are crucifying you for not, right? <laughs> um, 
The reason they did this, though, was largely because the High Lords of Terra, which are basically the guys running the Empire in the Emperor's stead, realized how useful organized religion is when it comes to controlling an empire of trillions of people. Mm. Right? They just get everybody get on the same fucking page, and if you're not, we'll kill you. It's that easy, right? Uh, it kept everybody basically blind to the realities of, to the true dangers of what was out there. Like, it kept them blind to the dangers of chaos, but it also kept them loyal and willing to lay their life down in order to fight chaos if necessary. So it was like, most people are going to be oblivious to what the reality is, but they're going to be fervent enough that if we ask them to, they will face those dangers willingly. That's, mm. that's why they use this religion. A few centuries later, after they were given a place, a couple hundred years pass, and the Adeptus Ministorum uh their their leader is called the uh what's he called the the high ecclesiarch the lord i think he's called the lord ecclesiarch is the like leader of the adeptus ministerum think space pope he's a space pope the space pope 300 years after the adeptus minister couple hundred years after the adeptus ministerum is made the adeptus ministerum and given a place in the adeptus terra yeah the space pope is given a seat on the high lords of terra so now it's it's a rotating seat. There are there's like a couple permanent members of okay. the High Lords that like these five branches say all have to have a place. Yeah. There's also rotating seats. So like depending on who's the who's the 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 special snowflake this century, they get a seat depending on how much power they have. One of these rotating seats was the Lord Ecclesiarch. So now he's yeah. got now now the Adeptus Ministorum has not only got the authority to say we're the only religion they've got a guy in the running body of the yeah, government burning, yeah basically by this point anyone who resisted or rejected the imperial cult was met not only with the violence of the angered mobs but also dealt with by the legal authority of yeah. the ministerium um <laughs> almost always they were treated as a heretic and a traitor and this, at the very least, meant death, if not something far worse than death. And there are a lot of things they could do to you that is far worse More than, than just death, simply yeah. killing you. Um, this By this point, temples are being built everywhere. There's entire worlds that are being given over to becoming shrine worlds. Like, the whole planet becomes just uh, a singular church or something. Uh, one of the most important ones is Ophelia 6, or Ophelia 4, I think it's called. It's, um, it's where the Sisters of Battle are from, largely. Um, Terra. Is there technically a shrine world, Holy Terra? Um, I think there's one called Espendor. There's a whole bunch. They're just the whole planet's a church, basically. Um, yeah, temples are getting constructed everywhere, and the the religion is now dominating the minds of everybody, and it's it's dominating all aspects of life, right down to like you work in a bolt factory, you work six hundred hours a week making bolts, and that's all you do it is turned into a religious process. Like you're praying over the bolts. There's a preacher walking through shooting hymns out as you're making your bolts. Right. Mm. Uh, it's gone from that. It's gone into the ecclesiarchy. It's gone into even the Imperial guard. Like, like part of the, the regimens of the Imperial guards discipline are dominated by religion to keep the guard loyal. To them. Fanatics, basically. The whole, whole empire is now fanatical. Um, during this time, there was a lot of backstabbing. Like, there was a lot of dudes stabbing each other yeah, in the back wonder, in the high ranks of the government. Yeah, probably want to take their place of some other dudes. Because everybody's yeah. vying for control, yeah. and nobody likes that the new guy 
is getting power. Like, nobody likes he's getting power. So people within the church and people within the Adeptus Terra are all stabbing each other trying to become the, the top cat yeah, of yeah. the fucking organization. Um, the largest pool of opposition, though, to the Adeptus Ministorum was a faction called the Adeptus Administratum. Which are also one of my favorite factions in 40k, and I'm really mad that there's no army for them. I don't know how you would make an army for them. I don't think you could, but I really like them as a faction. Um, you know what I mean by DMV? DMV, you Like the SAAQ? Or S- yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Like, like the states you go yeah, for. Yeah, the DMV where you get your, your, your driver's license. license yeah. yeah, the Adeptus Administratum is that. The Adeptus Administratum is... You want an army of, like, oh, administrators? Yeah, they'd be fun. It could be the whole army could be, like, just a, just like a, a command point generator. Like, the whole army, all its all its abilities would be around generating command points for you and preventing your opponent from using command points. And you'd have, <laughs> like, no... Some bo- ar- admin yeah. bullshit? <laughs> and it would be, like, you, you could bring, like, troops from any other army, but only bare bones and only the worst troops in the Codex. Like, <laughs> like it would be, like, you can bring guard, but only conscripts. And no officers. <laughs> and no tanks. But you, you have no limit on how many you can bring. And they You're cost half as much. You're giving a 2CG stratagem. I'm giving, a, like, a, a field bonuses. And then yeah. they got no plus one. Uh, yeah. Or it would be, <laughs> it would be like... It would be things like... You have abilities where, like, because you're the Adeptus Administratum, you've, like, blockaded enemy supply routes, so now they have no rerolls on hits because yeah, they're not be, willing nice, to. Yeah, yeah like, that's things a, like that. Nice um, use, yeah. I think there is technically one model for them, and it's uh, he's one of my favorite models. It's Lord Inquisitor Karamazov, or Crazy Pants. He's, uh, he's an old, lunatic-looking dude on a giant chair with legs. It's like it's basically a, a big marble throne that has dreadnought legs, and he's like sitting on it with a sword. So the implication is he rides a throne into battle while swinging a fucking sword around <laughs> like a madman. Um, but I think I read somewhere that he, he's an inquisitor, but he has some connection to the administratum. Okay. Um, but the administratum is basically the the DMV combined with all the fun of the post office, combined with all the fun of Nazi Germany. Like it's just. It's like 1984 in space. It's incredibly Byzantine and huge. And they are one of the most powerful factions because the high, if you pissed off the high Lord of the administratum, he could just refuse to sign a piece of paper and a whole star system would starve to death because this, the Imperium is so like complex in its construction that like this whole solar system might be built or might be dedicated just to manufacturing bullets, but they can't make food. So there's and another... this whole star system makes food, which goes to that star system. And if you piss him off and you're from the bullet star system, he might be like, oops, forgot to put my name on a document. Guess you're not getting food for the next thousand years. Like, <laughs> um, So needless to say, they're extremely powerful, and they don't like that the Adeptus uh, Ministorum is getting power. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. they're the largest pool of opposition. This is largely 32nd millennium onward. Skip forward a couple thousand years. We're now in the 36th millennium. This fucking guy who would give Erebus a run for his money in terms of greasy dickheads named Goge Van Dyer is the head of the Adeptus Administratum. And through some political machination, he turns himself into also the Lord Ecclesiarch. So he's now running the Adeptus Administratum Plus, and the Adeptus Ministorum. He's uh, positioned himself singly 
as the most powerful man in the Imperium because he controls the both, two yeah. most powerful factions, right? Uh, yeah. uh, he rules with an iron fucking fist and an unchecked level of violence. Like, he punishes the slightest infractions with, like, planetary genocides. <laughs> like, I, like he, there, there's incidences where, like, he'd show up to a planet and they didn't celebrate correctly, so he put the whole planet to death. Oh yeah, yeah. Why not? He he ruled like a motherfucker. Um, I don't know if I want to mention it or not. Uh, he he he's responsible for the creation of the Sisters of Battle. That's all I'm gonna say here, just because I okay, love the well, Sisters of Battle. One... Goge Van Dyer is his own episode. Sisters of Battle, their own episode. Yeah. The only reason I'm mentioning him here is because he's important to the Imperial cult. In that he ruled with an iron fist and an unchecked violence. Yep. Uh, he was a massive narcissist. Okay. His rule became known as the reign of blood. And the age, like the, this age of humanity, like this thousand year yep. period or two thousand year period was called the age of apostasy because of how, how out of hand things got with the church. They were he, punishing the, every slightest, like, slightest. Yeah, the, the church had far too much power. Like, even by the current 40K standards where the church has a lot of power, like, they were like, no, that was, abs- like, they were way too far gone then. Um, the reason I bring him up here, because I really don't want to get into him too much because he is a really cool discussion, is he dies because there's, like, a big war, right? And he dies. Yeah. And his death caused the ecclesiarchy, which is the Adeptus Ministorum, yeah. to go through a whole crap load of reformations. Like, they started changing things left and right because they were like, look at what happened. We need to make sure that don't happen again. Yeah. One of the biggest parts of this was the Inquisition created the Ordo Hereticus, which was the, let's make sure there's no traitors or heretics around because part of the definition of that is what that dickhead was just doing and the ministorum the adeptus ministorum was officially forbidden from having an army because the dude had an army and they were like they're that's way too powerful so they're basically like you don't get to have military because you are too strong right um this new ecclesiarchy though emphasized the new the new reform adeptus ministorum emphasized the principles of penitence sacrifice and humility because the previous one was like they made you like the common dude do that but the high ups were like living the good life like just fucking orgies food and and there's still a lot of corruption within the current ministerium and if you read any book where there's an ecclesiarch he's always corpulent fat sleeping with a whole bunch of young women eating fucking grapes from a oiled up servant boy like they're all the same thing but this new church really drove the sense home of like everybody's guilty of something nobody's innocent yeah everybody needs to repent and the only way to repent is in death so that's why there's so much like people willing to die in 40k uh the sacrifice Mm. and humility go with that too they're like nobody's better than anybody else everybody's worse than the god emperor and everybody is basically they they push this idea that you are the emperor's currency and you need to be spent well like that's the thing is it's human life is the emperor's currency and that's why they they allow you to die nobody gives a shit if you die but it is heresy to like like if you if you were caught trying to kill yourself you would probably be arrested and then put to death brutally 
because you don't have the right to kill yourself. Because if you killed yourself, you're stealing from the emperor by doing that. Yeah. You are you are not fit to decide where the emperor's currency is spent, right? That's what the ecclesiarchy was now doing, was creating this idea. Um, as kind of an aside, that really helped to foster the current setting for 40k. It's why groups like the Sisters of Battle, the Black Templar, the Death Corps of Krieg, the, the Imperial Guard in general exist as they do because of this version of the ecclesiarchy mm-hmm. in that they all think they're expendable right um this did as i mentioned very very little to actually stem the corruption within the church or the government at large oh yeah um so that's kind of a rundown of the imperial cult as a whole some things to note about the two though uh the imperial cult despite being the only official religion that's allowed it is very varied in its beliefs basically the only thing that is really universal and is really like driven home everywhere is the veneration and worship of the emperor as a god yeah the requirement that the followers of this religion be willing to sacrifice themselves if and when the emperor tells them to or whoever's standing in for him right and that all the labor of you or your society is directed towards the efforts of the imperium or the needs of the imperium so basically the church all they care about is do you worship the god emperor and no one else good check are you willing to die if i ask you to yep okay good check and is everything you are doing it's for our needs yeah okay you're good um the actual beliefs, rituals, systems, customs change everywhere. Like you could have a planet that they all worship the sun. And because they worship the sun, a spaceship shows up one day and says, hey, yeah, we're here from the sun. And the sun wants you to give us all your crops. And his, his name's the emperor and you got to stop calling him the sun. The sun. You call him the emperor, but he lives on that sun that you worship and give us your crops because the sun asks. And all they know is, yeah, the sun sent this magic ship. Yeah full of magic people and they took our crops to the sun right where other more like built up planets might understand that like the emperor is on a throne somewhere they still think he's a god but they're like yeah the emperor lives on terra and he's not specifically asking me to do this but to serve the emperor i need to work in this button factory 600 hours a week and make buttons every day of every minute yeah (laughs) because those buttons go in the pants of guardsmen who are dying in the wars for the emperor like they understand most people probably understand they're a cog in a much bigger machine but there are worlds that like have very tribal systems and as long as it fits as, as long as the adeptus administratum can show up there and work that local religion's narrative into the general imperial belief they're like it works that's all we give a shit about right um yeah it's just are you loyal that's all we care about um the uh i kept mentioning the space marines space marines on the whole don't believe the god emperor is a god most of them can trace their own beliefs back to the great crusade and the horse heresy so they remember the before they remember the the before four like they remember what the god what the emperor actually was or stood for there are some uh, groups of the Space Marines that don't. Uh, some of them are newer chapters that just like, like I think the oldest living Space Marine is Dante. is a thousand years old of the Blood Angels. So he wasn't around during the Horus Heresy. So the oldest living Space Marine 
was not around during the Horus Heresy, not counting Gilliman. Um, Bjorn Iron or Bjorn the Fellhanded, yeah, Bjorn the Fellhanded is a dreadnought. He's ten thousand years old. He was around during the Horus Heresy, but like the Space Wolves have their own very unique belief system, so that's not even like worth the discussion. But my point is, Space Marines live a long time, but very few, if any, chapters have yeah. dudes that were there. Yeah. Right. Outside, but like things like the Ultramarines, the Imperial Fists, they can at least trace their lineage back, and they, a lot of them, at least to some extent, venerate their own Primarchs yeah. and follow the the teachings of their own Primarchs. Yep. And most of the Primarchs would have been like, guys, the Emperor's not a god. Did you see what they did to fucking Lorgar? Did you see what happened to Monarchia? Don't. Okay. I don't. See my birdhouse collection? <laughs> I'm proud of this. Don't tell the Emperor, guys. So because of that, most of them know the Emperor is not a god. Some of the newer chapters that are like very recently formed, especially the ones that can't trace their lineage, they might believe it, which is kind of cool because basically every Space Marine chapter has a very distinct, unique culture, and that's what is kind of cool from a hobby perspective. You can tell you can you can say your guys believe whatever the fuck you want. Um one of the things I love about the Black Templar is they're Space Marines, but they are one of the very few Space Marine chapters that openly worship the Emperor as a god. And they are a second founding chapter, which means they were there during the Horus Heresy. Yeah. They're part of the Imperial Fists, and I think even during those times, they were like, God Emperor, God Emperor, God Emperor. Um, I was going to save this bit of information for an actual Templar episode yeah. when we inevitably do it, but they openly, like revere Lictis, the the book the lactitio divinatus that lorgar wrote <laughs> so they're one of the most like fervently loyal space marine factions in the game and they basically are all about everything the word bears did which are a traitor legion yeah they're also like a lot of the stuff they do like combat wise they learned firsthand from the world eaters like like the black templar are basically a chaos faction that never turned bad yeah, they're, yeah. Yeah, they're crazy um but yeah most space marines don't believe any of the imperial cult nonsense uh so just as like a kind of end of episode quick yeah. rundown the imperial truth is what dion Imperial truth was an atheist atheist uh, yeah it was atheist uh society which they're believing science and so uh, there's no god and that uh not Devoting uh, spiritual spirituality to a god, whatever is not feeding yeah, exactly. the, the the warp, whatever. While the only the the emperors were uh, knowing that, but telling no one that's so no one kind of trying to feed the warp and their chaos god, so it's kind of starve and maybe you cannot re get rid of them. But exactly. Yeah, that didn't happen. Pro science, atheistic, pre heresy. Yeah. Imperial cult is. Well, I would say heresy, post-heresy, mm -hmm. and then there's just that, that kind of religion kicking it back. Yeah. As, uh, well, I guess that, like, people were saying that they got emperors, emperors, well, the emperors prevented, like, the the warp or the, the faction from the warp uh, sweeping by. So it's like, oh, well, the emperor prevented that. So yeah. He's like a god. He's on a throne somewhere, and he's like his angels is coming down and killing everyone, and is making us safe. So uh, we're gonna worship him. And then, uh, and then they need they then I guess they needed some uh, thing to hang on in this dark ages. Yeah, basically it was yeah. just a, a 
It was like a dark time. It was a very was a... hopeful beacon for them to hold on to. Yeah, exactly. I'm just trying to think of this guy's name. Uh, was it... Right. Frank Herbert, yeah. I was going to say the best way to think about... Um, the best way to think about the Imperial cult as aesthetically, belief system, all that, is if somebody paid the guy who wrote Dune, Frank Herbert, or uh, who's the guy that did all the animation work for like Alien and stuff? Uh, Ridley? Ridley? Not really Scott. Whatever his Scott name is. Scott Ridley or something like Scott, that? whatever. The, if, if somebody took, like, David Lynch, for instance. David Lynch, you know David Lynch. If somebody went to David Lynch, and they were like, we need you to, to make a documentary about the Catholic Church. And David Lynch made a documentary about the Catholic Church, and then the producers handed it over to, uh, what's his name? The guy who did um, Nightmare Before Christmas. Tim, uh... Tim Parkin? Tim Burton, yeah. Tim Burton, yeah. If, if somebody went to David Lynch was like, make a Catholic Catholic Church documentary, and then they handed that Catholic Church documentary to Tim Burton, and they were like, Tim Burton, animate the Catholic Church documentary, please. That's the Imperial Cult, is the Catholic Church through the warped mind of David Lynch and fucking Tim Burton. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, sponsored by Logar, which is... Kick started it with his books yeah. and, and you got, you got to keep in mind his his beliefs came from yeah. chaos initially too, right? Yeah, yeah, but like he kind of he, well he was kind of uh, setting up like the religions like trying to go back well back and forth ish, not back and forth, but I mean like the emperors didn't want to have religion. Yeah, he wanted religions. Yeah, and, and he was then, constantly fighting him for it. Yeah. Um. So again, we covered this because understanding why the Imperial cult exists and what the Imperial... Because the big thing is understanding, like, we're not going to talk too much going forward about Imperial Truth stuff, but when we inevitably do an episode on the Unification War, yeah. uh, the Thunder Warriors, um, probably the Space Marines, you'll need to understand the setting of, like... There was no religion. Religion was not allowed. At first, right? and you then, need yeah. to understand when we're talking about the Thunder Warriors. You need to just know as background there was no religion at this point, right? Yeah. And then going forward into everything post heresy, you need to understand well why is all this nonsense happening? Oh, it's because they're working on a medieval religious system where yeah. they worship death. <laughs> like that's yeah, why. Yeah. Um, there there are a lot of related topics that I could have gone on a little bit in this episode. Uh, things like the Inquisition as a whole, the formation of the Ordo Hereticus, what the Ordo Hereticus is, the Sisters of Battle, the Age of Apostasy, Goge Van Dyer. Um, one of the really big important ones that we didn't touch on at all, but is, you really need to understand the Imperial Cult to understand this, is the Cult Mechanicus and the Adeptus Mechanicum. Or Adeptus Mechanicus. Because yeah. the cult Mechanicus is the religious doctrine that Deptus Mechanicus follows. And it's the only other religion that the Imperium of a Man allows to exist because the Emperor met it. Like, they, they realized it existed, and the Emperor's like, there's no way we can fight this, basically. He's like... Well, because are they not the one who have all the technology? Yeah, they, they can actually they make the things? all the technology, and it was the first planet the Imperium came across, basically when they left Earth, and they're like, we could fight them, but we're all going to die. So <laughs> they we kind of need them. Yeah, so they kind of turned them together, and uh, I, th I think we'll do probably 
we'll do a, obviously an ad mech episode, but I think we'll have to do it like we did this. We'll do a cult mechanicus episode down the road too, because you need to understand why they fear technology. Like everybody nah. in the Imperium is scared of technology. They're not willing to try new things or invent new things yeah. or fix things. Like it's just <laughs> you got this thing yeah. going where you keep it that way. Yeah, they, there's like things about like. There, there's tanks like the Lehman Russ Vanquisher is a terrible model. Like it's a fucking awful weapon in the game, but it's one of the best tanks in the game in the lore. It's a anti, it's just an anti-tank cannon. But they don't know how to build it anymore, and there's a very finite amount of them. And it's literally just an anti-tank cannon. There's nothing bigger. It's just a gun, and they just don't know how to make that gun anymore. They have them. They can deploy them, but nobody's willing to look at it and be like, what are the pieces that make this thing, right? <laughs> uh, because that's sacrilege. And so there's incidences where they will they will throw entire guard regiments into a furnace just to get one tank back. If it's been downed, they're like everybody dies until that tank comes back. They've there were there was something in the lore about like a bane blade, like one of the really big tanks. You know what the bane blades are? They're um Roughly. the model is about the size of my laptop, but the it's a tank. In the lore, they're supposed to be the size of a city block. The model's not actually that big, but they're yeah. they're massive, massive tanks. Like stupid, unnecessarily big tanks. There's something about like a single bane blade went down somewhere i think it might have actually been uh, i mentioned yarick the other day the uh commissar with the fucking power claw yeah i think it was his personal tank called the fortress of arrogance it, it was down somewhere and they like wasted an entire armored regiment to go rescue it like they <laughs> they willingly sacrificed a hundred more tanks to recover this one tank because they're like we can't build that one we can build all these other ones we know how but that technology that is, is gone yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah um so yeah under trying to understand anything cult mechanicus admech the order hereticus inquisition sisters of battle age of apostasy the word bears lorgar horus heresy all of that you need to know what we talked about here you need to know what the cult mechanic or the fucking cult imperialis the imperial cult is and, and what the imperial, the imperial truth. truth is and how they are different yeah. so that's that's uh basically the episode in a whole again um it was a little shorter and i i should apologize to our listeners because we are both operating on basically no sleep right now and it's very late at night i think when we <laughs> recorded this i don't know what time it is but it's later than it should be um so we're a little a little wonky today trying to stay up on uh beer and monster energy drink right now and it's kind of counteracting each other um <laughs> well i was saying logger because of the bible he wrote the well he is is kind of bible that's oh out. That's, yeah yeah that, the Latitio, the yeah. leticio divinatus yeah, yeah. yeah. Why I um earlier <laughs> it just popped back in my mind that reminded me i didn't mean i meant to mention this in the erebus episode it's just kind of a funny little note the name Erebus is actually the name of it – it's from Greek mythology. And it's mm. the – it's like the god of darkness or something. But what was really kind of cool about Erebus's name was – I'm just trying to bring it up here. Uh, there we go. The thing that was really cool about Erebus's name is – the personification of darkness. Personification of darkness. But the really cool thing is Erebus, the character from Greek mythology, yeah. was one of the first four, I think, uh, living beings in existence. And he was born of chaos in Greek mythology. 
Ah. Erebus in yeah, 40K. Yeah, Pyramid Chaos. Yeah. Ah. He came from Chaos, and Erebus was guided by the Chaos Gods and formed Chaos. Are you telling me that they actually did some research? No, I'm telling you they, as usual, Games Workshop, wholesale stole everything from somewhere else um also when you really like it's kind of cool you're like haha erebus the guy who fucked up the imperium has a name that means but if you really think about it he stole the name erebus from a good guy there was a nice oh, little, yeah. it was a nice little boy named erebus and his mom and dad were like oh he's such a sweet little guy his, his path is all yeah. laid down is gonna get a good life yeah it's, it's like naming your kid blade you don't you don't leave them open for a lot of options in life if you're naming a kid fucking Erebus. Maybe it's not a French thing. I've oh, known yeah. two blades, and they're both criminals. Um, okay. <laughs> I hope there's no blades <laughs> listening. Um, but uh, that's, that's my point. Like, I can't imagine, like, oh yeah, the, the parents <laughs> name their kid Erebus, and they're like, he's set for a good life being named Darkness, Born <laughs> of Chaos. Like, I don't know. There's a lot of that in 40K where, like, yeah, they named him Erebus because... He's the guy that made all the chaos shit happen. And then they're like, how can we make him a really fucked up character? Oh, I know. He murdered a child named Erebus and took that name. But then you're like, then why was the good kid named Erebus? Why is this culture yeah. 20,000 years in the future using names from, from Greek, Greek mythology to name their children? It's like another one is there's a, there's a character named Lionel Johnson. Who's, uh, he's one of the Primarchs. Um, and he was found in a forest. And his name in the native tongue of the planet he was found on means lion, son of the forest, which is a cool name because he was found in the forest, forest. And they, like, when he was a baby, he was found fighting a lion or they, they fought a lion to save him or something. But basically, he was found, his birth had something to do with a lion nearby, being nearby. And they're like, he is lion, son of the forest. And you're like, okay, but let's unravel this for a minute. There's a language 20,000 years in the future where their word for lion is also the English word for lion, but their word for son of the forest is L. Johnson. <laughs> the fuck does that mean? Like, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, Games Workshop. Uh, yeah, Apparently it doesn't take much to go write for them, is, is the takeaway from this. Um, I shouldn't say, there's some really good writers for Games Workshop, especially if you can find the shorter stories that aren't 400 pages long, like that uh, the one I mentioned, I think, in this episode, The um, the Last Church. Mm. You can find that one online. It's actually in like an omnibus of like multiple stories written by one guy. Okay. I can't remember who wrote The Last Church. I should mention that, because if anybody wants to find it, that will make it easier. And if, you, if anyone listening hasn't read The Last Church, I highly recommend it, because it's a nice short story. Uh, but it's written by one of their more popular authors, um, Graham McNeil. Yeah, it was written by Graham McNeil. Two thousand nine. He's one of the better better writers for uh, GW. But he he wrote the Last Church, and uh, jokes about their writing ability aside, uh, Last Church was a great great short story. Um, it's about what we talked about here. It's about the the imperial cult and the imperial truth and it's about the struggle of religion versus science progress right. versus faith uh so it's, it's a really cool book or cool short story and short being the keyword that i like there um so do you have any closing notes sir dion uh nope i think it's covered pretty much uh the basis i guess for the imperial truth and the imperial cultists and uh, imperial cult and 
Cool. Yeah, yeah that's, I think it's, I'm more, uh, I knew nothing about it. And I think just knowing those two things, it make more sense. Like the pre and post heresy. Yeah. Or, well, not heresy, but heresy. So yeah, that's and that's the goal here. Is I um I keep saying we're gonna do other things with this podcast and be uh, about the hobby. Down the line, the yeah. We will, but it's really important we get the horse heresy out of the way. And I'm I'm honestly like planned it for episode ten, so it's like special. It's like ooh, we got ten episodes to talk about this big cool thing. But like, yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna give everybody a forewarning. I'm gonna butcher the shit out of that episode. I'm not gonna <laughs> talk about your favorite legion. I'm not gonna talk about the really cool event. I'm gonna give you a fucking two hour rundown of what's covered by thirty different books that I haven't read and will never read. So <laughs> you're getting you're getting cliff notes of the most important event in the 40k uh line with that episode but i'm more excited to get past that and uh get right into hobby stuff yeah branch out into yeah start talking about the things i actually want to talk about start talking about the really cool lore the really out there lore um the hobby stuff models do some paint stuff uh um if any of our listeners have anything they'd like to know too if if any of our listeners have topics they'd like to cover anything from lore to hobby discussion please let us know i'd love to hear about it again you guys can reach us on our currently on our facebook at the white shield podcast on facebook um we do have a youtube it's not operational right now, but it exists. It exists. We can already uh, yeah. if you, subscribe. If, or, uh... if you like us and you want to help us out, please go subscribe to our YouTube. I promise one day there will be videos. I, I, <laughs> I barely know how to work a computer. It is honestly shocking that I'm able to get the audio up there, even in the bad quality that you're getting it in. But we will get fucking we'll, video. We'll get there. We'll Dion get there. said he might take the reins on that. So we'll we'll hopefully we'll have, get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just throwing you under the bus for that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, join us on Facebook. Um, you can get us on Spotify if you're not already listening to us there. Uh, otherwise, Anchor. we're on anchor.fm, both at the White Shield Podcast. Uh, so please subscribe, follow us, like, and if you have any comments or anything, send them our way. Um, love to hear from you guys. Yep. Next episode coming up, I think we, uh, you think you can get your Caldor Drago stuff? Yeah, yeah, probably. I will have, uh, I do have some free time coming in, so I'm going to work on two things cool. for the podcast. So yeah, well, I'll be able, I'll be more, uh, more prepared for the next few ones. So yeah. Cool. Yeah. So if we, uh, hopefully our next episode will be on Caldor Drago and a space Marine named um to those of you who don't know what he is you're in for a treat uh if we don't do that i think our next episode will be on what a space marine is as a whole so kind of important topic kind of an interesting oh, yeah. topic it's actually that's one of the more interesting aspects of the lore i think so well and it's i think so and as always well the space marine is what you see it's like the, the thing that when you think, yeah, they're, they're like, when you think warhammer you don't think like the well, maybe the orcs, because the orcs are the It's orcs. always orcs and space marines, Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you don't think, uh, you always see space marines, the guy in the big suit, power armor, with the fucking big guns. And, yeah, yeah so. and uh, it's important to understand them, too, because the, like, you know what, fuck it, I'm not talking about it right now. We're talking <laughs> about it in the next episode. Space well, marines. Well, it's important to know, but, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, what, uh, uh, what they are. Yeah, so stay tuned, thanks for listening, and uh, hopefully you will hear from you guys on Facebook. Yeah, see you next time. See you next time.